I was waiting for someone to count down at least from 10. I've just wasted a minute of your life. How did that make you feel? I know that some of you probably felt a little bit uncomfortable with the silence and, you know, that awkwardness of a silent room, and especially if you don't know anybody here. What's going to happen? What's, what's, you know? but, that, that, but if you're like, like me and most people, you felt a little bit stressed over that, There's a little annoyed. Um, there's a sense in which we value our time, and when people waste it, it frustrates us and it angers us. It's, it's, it's something deep inside us that just knows time is so valuable to us. It's important to us. And we definitely don't want to waste, us, waste it in any way. Um, there's a couple of weird things that we need to think about when it, when it comes to time. One is that time is constant, but it doesn't always feel that way. Um, if you've got 16 hours left on your holiday, it just seems to fly by in a, in a flash and a blur. But 16 hours on the airplane flying back from your holiday just seems to go on for an eternity. An hour watching a movie, it just, it just, it, it, it just seems like nothing. But an hour waiting for telecom to answer their telephone, it's enough to drive you completely insane. Time is constant, um, and, and it doesn't always feel that. And time is constant, and we value it more on some occasions than on others. It's a little bit like a box of Smarties. This is not Forrest Gump. This is my own idea. Like a box of Smarties, you know the big box, not that little weenie thing that we hand out at Christmas trying to make it like the big box. You know when you open that box of Smarties, there's something special about it. You've got all those Smarties in there, and you can go like this. You ever done that? That's the way to eat Smarties, hey? Just gulp the whole, as many down in your life. And you know what? When the box is full, you can gulp it down like that, and you can offer it to people. And when you offer it to people, they put out their hand like that, and you pour it in it. But what happens when you get toward the end of the box, and you look in, there's just like a little row of Smarties in the bottom. If you're like me, what you do at that point is you start eating them one by one. And you... You look at it, the little smarty man face in there, and, and you savor it, and you, can, you, you, you suck it until that little sugary bit's gone, and then you crack open the little casing, and you suck the chocolate, and you, leave, you take each one. You do that? You, I, I'm so glad someone else does it. And so each one, and then you kind of line them up, and it's like each one's precious and valuable, and you just hope that nobody at that point asks you for a smarty because you're not giving them one. There's no way, because, it, because when it comes to the end, it's more valuable, and it's exactly like that with time. In certain, in certain times, it seems to be more precious and valuable to us. Um, when a team gets near to the end of the game, there's 75 minutes on the clock. It seems like every second just counts, and it counts so much more than the five minutes that was played in the middle of the first half, that just seems pretty relaxed. Everyone in the stand and they're eating stuff and they're talking and chatting. But five minutes before the end, it's so intense because the, the time is running out and it just seems to become more valuable and more important the nearer it comes to an end. We feel that on, on, um, on holidays when, when it's just, they're just about over. We feel that when 
when we're approaching an exam and the study time is drawing to a near, and in the beginning of the term you had all this time and so you relax, it was easy and study was great, but as it, the exam gets nearer and nearer, and for me, the nearer and nearer I got to school because I was studying in the back of the car because it's the only time I had studied, it just seemed like each kilometer, each minute was so desperate, what else can I get written on my hand before this exam? It was terrible. Um, it's so true, though, the nearer we approach the end, the more important and significant time feels. Though it is constant, it feels different to us at each, in each moment, especially when we draw near to the end. Then you know what it's like if you have to say goodbye to a loved one. That those last few minutes at the airport, you want to save them, you want to stretch out, you want to take this minute and turn it into an hour, a day, a year, but you just can't, just so important. And it's possibly true when you get old. The older you are, the more valuable the moments that you, you're going to spend. Some of us feel this a little bit more than others in this room today, but that's okay. When we draw near to the end of anything, it just seems to be more important to us. The value of, of our time just seems to increase. So though we look at our watches and we have calendars and we keep appointments, we don't really stop to think about the value of time that much and, and how it plays such a big part in our lives. But just think about this. We all, at some point in the time continuum, did not exist. At one point, you were not here. You, you just weren't part of time. You didn't exist. But then somewhere along the, lay, the, the way on this continuum, your clock started ticking. You entered into time. You became part of time, and your clock started ticking. And you entered into the realm of time. You became part of what will happen in time. And here's what we know about this. Though each of us has the same amount of time to burn up each day, none of us know how much time we have. We've all got 24 hours a day, right? The same amount of time. But none of us know how much of that time we have. We don't know how much time we will have with our spouse. We don't know how much time we'll have with our kids or our parents. We don't know how much time we're going to have with our health or our wealth. We do not know how long we will live. And here's the thing. Even if you live to 95 or 100, in the big scheme of things, it's just but a moment. David um, was thinking about this, and, and, and he wrote this when he, when he was thinking about this. He said, you have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. James wrote this. He said, what is your life? You are a, a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And so in the big scheme of things, our lives, on our time, 
on this earth is very short. But then we step back and we realize something. Though we have a beginning, none of us have an end. God has made it clear to us that we are all going to spend eternity somewhere. Look at what Jesus said. These are harsh words, but they're true. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And eternity is beyond our ability to comprehend completely. It's just so long. And we will spend it somewhere. So time is given to each of us. And here's the thing. You get to choose how you will use it. We get to choose how we will spend our time. It can't be halted. It can't be frozen. You will spend it. It must be used. And we get to decide how we will use it. So how we spend our time matters. And since we live life in family, there is nowhere where how we use our time matters as much as, when, as, as how we spend our time in relation to our family. So now the conventional way. You've probably heard these things before. Conventional way of thinking um, will take you to two extremes when it comes to how to spend time on or with your family. The first one is the call for quality time. You'll hear people say, it's not as much, as, as, so much as how much time you spend with your family, but the quality of the time you spend with your family. And we know who normally says this, right? Those who don't spend much time with their family. But here's what they will say, and the argument is, it has some merit to it. There is some truth to it. It does make a difference about the, quali the quality of our time does make a difference. We want the time that we actually spend with our family to be good time, to matter. We want it to really count. But the reality is, is the shorter the amount of time we spend, the less chance there is of it being quality time. You could say to your kids, okay, kids, I'm going to give you 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day each day this week. So you had better be in a good mood, and, and we will have a meaningful conversation and lots of fun. You don't get to choose when the time is going to be quality time. You want it to be quality time, but... But you can't just say, okay, well, you know, it's not important how much time I spend. I'm just going to make it quality time. The second argument is quantity time. You will hear people say, quality time is quantity time. What did I just say? Quality time is quantity time. And there is truth to this as well. Um, to find those quality moments, you just need to be there. You need to invest large amounts of time for quality moments to come around. 
the, the quality moments can't be manufactured or squeezed into any given section. They, 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 they come with time. And we all know relationships need time to nurture. We need time to, to grow and, and enjoy relationships. But then we also realize that this too needs moderation. It's not just about the quantity. It would not be good for a man to spend all day with his kids. It would not be good or healthy for me to spend all day following Nick around. She's even saying, no, please, just go to the office. Just, please, enough. I don't care if you push my trolley. Enough. Go away. It's just, it's not healthy. It, as much as I love my parents, probably the most unhealthy thing I could do is move in with them and spend all day with them. No. No. It's just not good. It's not just about the quantity. It's not just about that. So how do we decide how to spend time and, and use the time that's been entrusted to us? Listen to what Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians. He, he's beginning a section where he's about to apply truth to the family. And um, here's, here's how he begins this. He's, he uses these very cool words. He says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So the first thing he, he addresses here is this. The need for us to be careful how we will live, to take care in how you will spend your time. You will burn up 24 hours a day. Lord willing that you get all of that in, in the day. But you will burn up 24 hours a day. But what you do with those hours will have consequences. Every minute spent in every day that we get given has a consequence. It will either lead to blessing or to hurt. There is no way around it. The, the, the way you spend each moment will either lend to, uh, result in blessing to those who are nearest to you the most, and especially your family, or it will lead in some way to hurt. There are consequences to how we spend and will use up our time. So we need to ensure that it, it's not just about more time or less time, but that it's carefully chosen time. It's not just about quantity. Lots of Carelessly spent time will do more harm than good. And it's not as simple as just talking about quality time. We can't just hope that or think that the tiny portions of time that we're going to allot to our families is going to be quality time. It's about being wise with our use of time. Asking ourselves a question. Is this the best use of my time in this moment? Am I being wise with how I spend my time? Am I making the most 
of every opportunity. Paul gives us two reasons in this passage to be careful and wise and to make the most of every opportunity. And the first is this. The days are evil. Uh, Here's what he means by this. The world that we get to spend our time in is not morally neutral. It's not on an even, even keel. The world that we get to spend our time is not morally neutral. It is bent toward evil. We cannot wake up each morning and exist without realizing that unless we intentionally do what is right for that day, unless we apply wisdom, unless we make the most of every opportunity, it will be, it will be pulled by evil and result in harm. It's much like driving a car where the wheel alignment is out. Uh, have you ever done that? Those of you who have driver's licenses, if you don't have a driver's license, don't confess to this. If you haven't, when you're driving and your wheel alignment is out, for those of you who don't know, you're driving along in your car. If you let go of the steering wheel, what happens is the car veers off to one side. And you can drive a car straight when the wheel alignment is out. But you have to constantly be correcting. You have to constantly be concentrating. You have to constantly be ensuring that you're making the car track straight. You can't lose concentration and you cannot let go control because if you do, it'll veer off the road and you'll hit a cow or something. So you have to concentrate. You have to, you have to ensure that, that, you're, that, that you are not drifting If we don't take control of our actions, our decisions, and determine to spend them carefully, wisely, we surrender control to the natural drift toward evil and harm. Let me give you an example of how this might look. Um, What is your natural response, your natural immediate response, when somebody hurts you? If you're like most people, your natural immediate response when somebody hurts you is to hurt them back, to get revenge, or to withdraw. Those are the two very common. If you were to ask most people, when somebody hurts you, your natural response is to either hurt back, to get revenge, or to to back off and withdraw. I'm hurt. You stay away from me. Um, We need to understand this, though. When it comes to someone in our family who hurts us and we have that response, that response will result in the harm of that relationship. The, the way we choose to, to act in response to that hurt, in the response to that moment, if we respond to what is natural, it'll slide towards what is destructive. We have to purposely correct it. We have to stop and ask ourselves the question, Am I being careful with how I respond here? Am I applying God's wisdom? Am I, am I responding with a gentle answer that turns away wrath? Am I making sure that I'm taking care to not return evil with evil, but to return that evil with good and to correct it? 
We need to constantly be realizing that we are living in a world that is bent toward evil unless we take control of how we spend the moments in our days. They will naturally degrade toward harm and hurt, especially for our families. So we need to ask the question, what can I do in these moments that lie ahead that will bring blessing to this person and to this family? The second reason we need to take care um, and exercise wisdom and make the most of every opportunity is that the time given to us is not for nothing. Time allotted to us is not without purpose. He says there, therefore don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. God has a will that we should know about and spend our time carrying out and preparing for. Let me back up a little bit. We know this kind of thing happens all the time. We realize that um, when, when we think of time, we realize that it's not just a random sequence of events that just happen to unfold meaninglessly be, before us. It's not just that time is a sequential unfolding of chance. Time is about events, moments. Time, time has, has, has purpose and significance and direction. It's about the unfolding of appointments and outcomes that we anticipate that should affect how we spend our day today. As we think about an appointment, a time to come should affect how we function in time as we approach that moment. Um, let's go back to the exam room. The time has come. The moment has come upon us. How we spent our time in preparation, in anticipation of that appointment will determine the outcome and the value of that appointment. It's going to determine our score. We're going to ask ourselves while we're sitting there, did I make the best use of my time? Was I wise? Was I careful? When we think about these events, we, we, we say, the time has come. When, we, when you think about um, a girl and, and, you, and you, you talk about her moment, her time has come. In my mind, immediately, I think of her wedding day. When she stands, walks down the aisle with her dad and then stands at, at the front of the, the church. Her, her time has come. when she stands beside this man who she's about to marry, in this moment, in this moment that, that exists before her, her heart will either be full of joy or some of that joy will be suppressed and squashed out of her heart. There'll still be some because it's still a great day. But it couldn't, it's not full because... Some of it is squashed and squeezed out by regrets. And those regrets might be how much time she wasted doing things carelessly, 
how careless she was with who she chose to be with, how unwise she was with the places that she went to, how she did it without any thought of what might come down the road. And I can tell you this, her dad, because I have this thought all the time, her dad is standing next to her and asking himself the question, did I make the most of every opportunity to prepare her for this moment in time? Was I wise in my use, the, t- the 24 hours a day that I was given for all those when are we getting married? 25 years, 26 years, all those days that I'm given, was I wise? Did I make the most of every opportunity? Did I think about what God's will for her might be? And did I, did I anticipate how I should spend my time today in anticipation of that event in time? Her time has come. What have I done? Have I done enough? So time is about appointments, events to come. It has a purpose. Jesus understood this. We read in Galatians chapter 4 this. It says, but when the time had fully come, in other words, this was the event. This was the main event. When the time had fully come, this appointment had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive full rights of son. There was a plan. God has stamped his purpose and his plan on time. Jesus was completely and fully aware of this. When we read in the Gospels about his adult ministry, again and again and again, we find him using this phrase, my time has not yet come. It first happens at the wedding in Cana where his mother comes to him and and wants to involve him in the issue of, well, the wine has dried up and come on, let's fix this. And he says to her, woman, why do you involve me? My time has not yet come. On one occasion, his brothers wanted to have him go up to Jerusalem and make his public claims. We read this in John chapter 7, verse 4. It says, no one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe him. Therefore Jesus told them, the right time for me has not yet come. It's not that he wasn't going to do it. He knew the time would come, but it wasn't now. On a couple of occasions, we read instances of where a crowd tried to capture Jesus and, and, and take him and, and kill him. And again and again. But his time had not yet come. There was something that was, that was happening, that was being anticipated within the, the pressed-out will of God that Jesus knew perfectly clear about and, and spent each moment in preparation and headed toward that event. And then finally we get to John chapter 17. As Jesus anticipates his crucifixion, And he looks towards heaven and he says, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son so that your son 
might glorify you. The time had come for this event, this moment that was part of the will and the revealed plan of God for the history of the world. And we know and we understand that it didn't end with the crucifixion. After three days' time, he rose again from the dead and he ascended into heaven some time later where he sits at the right hand of the Father anticipating the right time when he will return according to the promise of God. There is a moment, pressed in time, we don't know exactly how far down the line it's going to be, but this moment in time where he shall return to establish his kingdom on this earth. There's a moment in this time of the resurrection of the dead and the time when each person will stand before God in judgment. It is appointed unto man once to die. Appointed then to face the judgment. Your day will come. Your moment will come. The event will come. The kingdom will come. The kingdom and the earth and the whole earth will be destroyed by fire and it will be rebirthed. It will be recreated. It will come. It's decreed in the will of God. The time is not just meaningless, purposeless sequences of seconds after the other, minute after the other, hour after the other, day after the, after the day. Each one forms part of a revealed purpose and plan and program. And you, whether you like it or know it or believe it or not, are part of that program. No one ever born will ever escape any part of this program. You will end up experiencing it for eternity in one way or the other. Cannot separate ourselves from this. We are not just passing through one random meaningless minute after the other. Each minute is working toward God's ordained plan. So the question is this. Are you taking care then how you spend your time, how you live? Are you being wise? Are you thinking about what's the wise thing to do in any given opportunity? Are you asking yourself the question, how must I respond in this situation? What must I do with this time? Is this going to lead toward blessing or cursing, blessing or hurt? How is this going to affect my family? Not only will you give an account for how you spend your time, but you will give an account for how your use of time affected others and especially those in your family. Let's pray. Father, as we think about this, we are left perhaps a bit overwhelmed with thoughts that philosophers have spent years wrestling with. And in this short moment, we can't expect to fully grasp all of the, the meaning and the significance of what is said. But Father, I do pray 
that if there's one thing that we take away with us today is that we would, we would leave this place with a heightened awareness of the value of our time and the significance of our choices as to how we will use it. And Father, we will find ourselves asking ourselves a question. Did I really make the most of this moment? Am I making the most of this moment? Am I aware of how easily things just deteriorate? Am I taking great care with, with my choice of how I fill my diary and, and, and where I am and what I'm doing? Am I being cognitive of your will? Your will in the big scheme of things, the eternal plan of God, and where it will in time end up. Perhaps even though more on the, on the personal side, your will. What is your will for, for me as an individual? What is your will for my wife and for my children, for my parents, for, for my friends? What do you want for them and what am I doing with my time? to move them and, and to guide them and to nurture them and to come alongside them in this moment of time. Father, we, we thank you for entrusting us with time on this earth. We know that there will be trouble. But Father, we also know that you have poured into our hearts and into our world such amazing grace that it will allow, allow us to live in the spirit of grace and truth and to be able to walk in a way that will glorify you, strengthen us, and, and bless others. Lord, let this be our heart's desire. We give you thanks. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.